0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here for your week eight primetime parlay. That is our picks and preview for the week. Uh, We're going to touch on the three primetime games, talk about those games, make picks against the spread. We will each throw in a bonus game, and then we will round this out by going through some of the other big storylines for the week. Just a note, the NFL's trade deadline is November 2nd, so... Uh, We'll maybe touch on some of the key pieces that might be coming there as this will be our last episode uh, before we can get anything out on that. So starting with the Thursday night game, the Packers at the Cardinals, who are now six and a half point favorites at home. This one... I fucking I, well to be. Um, I'll preempt this by saying I hated every game. Like picking this week, this one especially tough. So this game started at three points, but since then Devonte Adams has been ruled out with COVID. Alan Lazard has been ruled out with COVID. JJ Watt is I don't out. Think but Adams Chandler... is
1: technically out yet. That's uh, he had to test
0: uh, net positive or negative today, and then has a chance to test negative he is, tomorrow. As of is- like an hour, he's not traveling with the team. So that makes it more difficult to to be there. (laughs) Yeah, it would. Um, JJ Watt is out. Chandler Jones is back though for the Cardinals, but they're also dealing with an issue uh, already down. Rodney Hudson at center, their backup center, Max Garcia has an Achilles injury and he may not play. If not, um, they will be down to their third string center. So there's a lot really going on here, but the line has continued to push towards the Cardinals. Uh, toaster you lead us off this week who you got in this one
1: i think you take the points when you've got greatness on one side of the ball um he found a way to win without Devonte adams last year granted against much less competition um, i was on the edge quite frankly at a full matchup plus three and getting those extra points even losing Devonte, as long as we don't just have drop after drop from um Mm -hmm. the rest you know his his replacement players um Lazard also going out was Mm -hmm. not ideal um but I think they've got enough talent on that team and their defense has been stepping up I think that they can keep it manageable and I think that they want to keep it manageable I think that this is a statement game for them they're still that you got absolutely destroyed by the Saints week one um, Mm -hmm. because originally I would have said that this is a six and one team going against a seven and no team they're in a division where they don't need to be 14 and three to win it out. Mm -hmm. They need to be 11 and six. So, you know, take this as a tune up. Let's figure ourselves out type of game. But at this point, after that week one loss, I think that they want to make a statement. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is actually having fun with the Packers right now.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be having a little less fun without Devontae Adams to throw to, but uh, so you are taking the Packers plus six and a half.
1: Plus six and a half. Love it. Love an extra half point, but uh, beggars can't be
0: choosers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this one, um, I kind of went back and forth on this a little bit too. I think ultimately what it comes down to is, do you believe that Rodgers alone is enough to keep the Packers within a touchdown? And, you know, the line moving from three to six and a half, just on the Devontae Adams news, that's, I, I get that Devontae Adams is, you know, in the conversation for best receiver in the league, he's obviously the key piece to this offense outside of Rodgers. But three and a half points for a receiver seems like a lot to me. So, I, I mean, who am I to, you know, hand up? I'm 14 and 14 on the year for my picks. So, who am I to uh, go against Vegas? Uh, but that that seems like a big swing just for losing a receiver. So, some other things here that stand out to me. Um, Kenny Clark, I think is going to cause a lot of problems for Kyler and the middle of that Cardinals offensive line, especially if they're down to a third string center. That's, that's not just something that you brush to the side. Both teams are six and one against the spread this year, but Arizona's two and one at home against the spread, but they're barely net positive covering in those games. They haven't really shown out at home. Um, green Bay's three, 0 against the spread on the road. And despite them missing Adams Lazard and some of their pieces already on defense, I just can't pick against Aaron Rodgers getting six and a half points. I just
1: I've, can't on the short week too, that you bring that up. Like that's usually when I go, who has the better coaching. And I think that Matt LaFleur is a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. There's just so much to overcome. That's where my hesitation comes from. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah but ultimately i think that green bay has enough pride to put this together they still have i mean he obviously has a long time rapport with randall cobb um um uh, mvs may be coming back he's still up in the air as to whether or not he'll return Yeah, tanyan has balled yeah. out i think that they they've got enough firepower there even if they just want to lean on their ground game and yeah. try to make this you know an under game i don't see it falling that way but there's they've got enough firepower in that, that offense. And I mean, I guess, um, get that Rogers to Rogers connection going too, right. Finally see what the rookie can do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get Amari Rogers in there for sure. More reps. Yeah. I mean it, the Cardinals have been good on defense this year, you know, them um, if you're going by DVOA, they're second in the league, uh, second against the pass and seventh against the rush. So I suppose, uh, they're slightly weaker, um, Against the uh or slightly more vulnerable to a solid rushing attack. I think you will see the Packers lean on that. I mean, this is just it's such a weird game to pick, and I feel like we got robbed of seeing a really good matchup. Right. Um, you know, with Devontae Adams in there, I think you know, you're you're looking at this game as more of a pick'em potentially. Um I honestly. I wanted to go to the Cardinals about five minutes before we started recording. Um, And then I started reading my notes and I'm like, I sound like, like after looking at all the notes, it's like, well, a lot of these actually support the Packers uh, to some degree. So yeah. Um, I'm also going to take the Packers plus six and a half. Not to say that I don't think the Cardinals will win this game. That's just a lot of points for Aaron Rodgers so um, lock it so, up
1: right now. Cardinals cover six and a half. Six and a half. <laughs> Thursday night parlay is done.
0: <laughs> uh damn it. I should have stuck with the Cardinals and then at least one of us would have a chance. Okay. Um anything else on that game before we move on?
1: No, I mean I'm excited, but we did we did ultimately get robbed, and I think that this happens decently often on a Thursday night game. Um, yeah. especially with the COVID protocols out there, even somebody that's vaccinated has 48 hours to come around and basically be able to play again. So if you test positive on a Monday, very, very unlikely that you're going to play. Test positive on Tuesday, practically impossible for you to play. Um, Love the idea of Thursday night football. Always want more football. But when it comes to the health and safety of the players, as well as, quite frankly, the entertainment value, um we've been lucky to get some good Thursday night football games this year but um mm-hmm. uh, historically it's been a shit show it's been something where uh the better team doesn't always win these and that's kind of where my hesitation comes with the the Cardinals um especially with a handicapped uh Packers team that maybe the best team doesn't win this game.
0: Yeah, no I I agree. Um another thing to note too Joe Barry the Packers defensive coordinator is also out with COVID. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not stacked against the Packers here. I just think at the end of the day, that's too many points for Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, or at least it scares me. Like I, I have no problem if anybody wants to pick the Cardinals in this one, I, you know, I'm, I was on the fence about it. I just would have had to kick myself if I bet against Rodgers with six and a half points and lost the bet ultimately. Right. Yep.
1: Nope. Same way.
0: All right, cool. So we are both on the Packers plus six and a half. Uh, the Sunday night game, Cowboys, who are, as of this recording, a two-point favorite at Minnesota. I think I kick us off on this one. Um, I've obviously been on the Cowboys all year. Um, the The Vikings are playing better than their record would indicate for sure, but they lack a truly impressive win. Um, you know, they, they needed overtime to beat the Panthers, um, you know, at just going on recent play here who we just saw get smacked by the giants. Um, they barely beat the lions. They needed, you know, a hell of a play by Kirk cousins and a kick, uh, right at the buzzer there. And they only scored once against the Browns. Dallas is six and zero against the spread this year. Minnesota's three and three, but only one and two at home. I just think, Dallas has too much firepower, and when you look at the different units here and how they match up, Minnesota's um, – their rush defense is leaves a lot to be desired. And uh, they rank 24th in rush defense DVOA. Only the Chiefs, Raiders, Eagles, Seahawks, and Texans te- – sorry, Texans and Chargers uh, have given up more – yards on the ground than they have i just feel like dallas especially coming off you know a week of rest for those running backs those offensive linemen they're just gonna pound these guys and two points seems like way too little to me it it was two and a half uh when i checked it i think yesterday and it's moved down so i'm sure someone knows something i don't know so maybe me and my vikings pick know something that you don't know There you go. All right, so I'm on the Cowboys minus two. Uh, Tell me why I am wrong. I I have a question for you real quick when you're talking about
1: firepower. So would you say which offense has more firepower to you, the Arizona Cardinals or the Dallas Cowboys? Uh,
0: Like skill position firepower, like just ability to create explosive plays. Like how do you use use the word firepower? I'm I'm sorry. Um, I would
1: assessments sure i i would say the dallas cowboys no i would too um fuck you cardinals no um no i just think that i think that that's fair like as a more uh, the opportunity to be a more balanced offense the cowboys do have more firepower um but the reason i bring that up is obviously the vikings were a missed field goal easily makeable Away from taking down the Cardinals in week two. They lost to the now five and two Cincinnati Bengals, who just absolutely obliterated the Ravens in week one. I think that this is a game where, especially if the Green Bay Packers lose, there's a little bit of extra motivation right now. I think the I think this is a game that defines the Viking season and it doesn't define the the Cowboys season. And it's at home. Um, you, you talked about all the spread numbers, obviously the Cowboys are six, and against the spread, everybody comes back to earth at some point, um, can't, can't ride the, ride the high forever. And I think that this is a game where there's just enough there. The biggest, biggest hesitation was primetime Kirk cousins. But I think that that myth's been busted at this point. He won his Monday night football game last year, his Sunday or his, uh Sunday night football records, actually not as bad as everybody would think it is. And he's been balling out. Quite frankly, um, Brown's game excluded. I'm not sure what happened with that offense, but if they can get Dalvin Cook the ball, they've got three great receivers that Kirk Cousins can rely on. I think they, they can do enough to hang and keep it close. Um, so I'll, I'll take the points again, um, which is something I'm learning through the betting is that, you know, points are like valuable or something. Yeah, I don't point, know. Points are
0: good. Yeah, okay. points are good. I mean, yeah,
1: the Dolphins haven't figured that out. The Jets definitely haven't figured that out, but like points are good.
0: Yeah. Uh I just I I hear you on all that. The the two points is really what's yeah. irking me, I think, here. If this was what I would have expected the spread to be, which would have been five and a half, maybe something along those lines, I could definitely get on board with the Vikings covering and get and getting those five and a half points. But uh, two is just, it doesn't seem like enough for me. And I feel like I've said this about the Cowboys almost every week that I've picked them is why the spread so low. And every week they're, they're one of the only teams that is propping me up right now, uh, keeping me at 500 on the season for my picks. So, uh, all right. I love I it. Want I love we differ.
1: Cowboys only team to lose all four preseason games this year. So technically, if you want to get mathematical about it, oh boy, they're Where only are you going with five and five, <laughs> they're, with they're losses only... to the Texans and the Jags. Okay,
0: okay, yeah. Wait, um, now
1: are they six and one? No, they're five they're... and two, right?
0: they're uh wow now you got me question overall records here no it's they're five and one because they had their bi-week five and one yep. yeah five, five and
1: five one. basically a middling team 500 record <laughs> basically like the vikings um but with losses to the texans and the jaguars i gotta i gotta go vikings on this one N-
0: national pastime where you'll get a uh, preseason football injected into your picks for the week so there you
1: go i think it's only I think here this, i think this is more me not like I I feel like Terrell Owens where I just don't I just can't respectfully put that star up on on my um, on my banner you know got to just disrespect it move on Um, I appreciate what the Cowboys are doing and I guess we left out the biggest storyline is how healthy is Dak right now right with his calf injury um, they keep saying that it's not actually an issue the spread certainly uh, to me doesn't reflect that it is a true issue, but sure. he, he hasn't ultimately been cleared or come out and said we're gonna we're gonna play Sunday. Um and if we're making these picks on Thursday before anything happens, then um that's another asterisk to say um that their game plan might have to shift up a bit. But to your point, the running game is not all that bad of a thing to shift to against the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Yeah. Zeke and Tony Pollard are nice Nice little one-two punch if Dak can't handle a full load. So, all righty. I'm on the Cowboys. You are on the Vikings. Moving to Monday night. Um, I I hated this one so much. This was my least favorite line of the entire week. Giants at the Chiefs, who are 10-point favorites. I just, I fucking hate it. The, The Giants are bad, no doubt but Daniel Jones is playing better. The chiefs are a disaster right now. Kansas city's 0-3 against the spread at home. They're underperforming the spread by an average of 11.7 points a game. Like they're just absolutely not even competitive when you factor in the points giants are meanwhile, two and one on the road against the spread. They're dead, even in points. So they're, they're there, but Vegas still obviously really likes the Chiefs. Um, They are fifth in the implied rankings. uh, But 10 points is just a lot for a team that's struggling to cover. So I'm going to take Danny Dimes and the New York Giants. Uh,
1: Yeah, this was the toughest one for me as well. And I, I wanted to go. It's not that I wanted to go. I felt compelled to go danny dimes i think the chiefs need to get right game and this is a nationally televised broadcast they know that their fans know that it's at home absolutely decimate the giants and get this monkey off your back i'm not saying that they're going to be able to do that but what i'm saying is they're going to be motivated to absolutely destroy the giants not win this game just put all of that doubt behind them this is something where it's you know trying to run up, you know, five straight touchdowns in the first half like you were playing you know, like it was Bucks versus Bears or some pushover game like that. Um I think that's going to be a little bit more competitive, but I think the Chiefs just need that that monkey off their back and I think that they're talented enough to do that and I think the Giants are lacking enough talent to be able to compete with it if the Chiefs actually come out and want to put the pedal to the metal and step on the throat and say this this isn't about you this is about us and we need to prove to ourselves that we can kick ass in football again
0: yeah i i gotta say it it does my heart good to hear you going with the narrative route as to uh why you're making a pick pick with your heart not with your head people um (laughs) no no i don't recommend that actually uh (laughs) but
1: yeah i i I hear you you okay no i won't get in that i'll tell you what i how i pick with my
0: head later Oh okay. Yeah, okay. There we go. Um I I all that like really I feel that cuz you know how I like to to roll with some of this stuff but the it's not about the Giants to me. It's it's about wow. the Chiefs and the Chiefs defense specifically. I have no doubt that Kansas City will get right on the offensive side of the ball against the Giants. But it, the I, the Kansas I just, Chiefs defense is atrocious.
1: This is a game where, to me, it's a blowout. It's a blowout for the Chiefs or it's an eke out victory for the Giants. I don't see this as a cover situation. To me, this is basically me picking money line because mm-hmm. the Giants haven't been competitive. They lost to the Cowboys by 24, the Rams by 27. They beat the Panthers by 22. And that was after they didn't put up any points and I believe the first quarter three point, like they just iteratively yeah. kept scoring and that was against yeah. a much better defense. Don't get me wrong, but I just, they haven't been playing truly competitive games at this point. So if I was going to say which team is going to win in a non-competitive game, I lean towards the chiefs.
0: All right. Uh, I definitely can't argue that point. All right. So uh, we are split on Sunday and Monday night, which is great um great for you know everyone to kind of hear both sides of those arguments anyway well it's uh,
1: technically my week to go first but i think we're split on the monday night pick is our uh our bonus pick as well so therefore i bill belichette you and deferred to your stance so how about <laughs> you, you go ahead and
0: uh pick first on that one okay cool um so I hated so many of the spreads this week that I decided I was going to basically go with the game. That was more or less a money line play. Um, The Titans at the Colts who are one point favorite at home. I'm riding with tractor Cito here. Um, The Titans beat the Colts earlier in the year. They're playing a lot better right now as well than they were at that point in the season. Normally I would go, you know, narrative and say hey divisional game you know you generally look at those as a split if the teams are close enough um you know that makes me want to lean colts but you know i just think derrick henry and this titans offense is getting rolling the colts are first in rushing dvoa this year but a rushing defense dvoa but that really hasn't translated to them. St- Completely shutting teams down. I mean, Derrick Henry already hit them for 113 in that first matchup, and essentially with this game being a pick 'em, I'm taking the team that I think is the better team, and especially the better team today. And I'm going to take the Titans getting a point against the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Where are you, where are you getting a point
0: from? It's bet MGM. Uh, bet MGM. Okay. Titans um. are minus or sorry colts are minus one okay um i
1: would still take the colts at minus one at this point um i again not to get into the narrative play with your heart type of deal but the Colts' season's probably done if they if they lose this game to the titans i'm for divisional games being essentially toss-ups um to be able to do like what the patriots have done um, for the past however many years. It, that's not normal, and that also requires a very bad rest of the division. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would give them the split on this. They've split um, every season for the past uh, three years, I think. The last time they didn't sp- at least split or the Colts win, um, Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback. I, I think Wentz right now, what is he, 11 touchdown passes to one interception on the season He when he was getting into the groove of things in, in September – um, he didn't have an off season um, coming off of that double ankle injury. He looks much better now. Uh, even the game last week when he only put up 150 yards, that was in a torrential downpour and they did enough. They knew what they needed to do to win the game. Yeah. Uh, Taylor looks absolutely fantastic. They've got uh, Quentin Nelson back. I think that this is a different Colts team that they're playing this week than what they did in uh, week three or four, whatever their previous matchup was. So um, I think, I respect your pick. It was one that I was not strongly one way or the other, which is, you know, the awesomeness of the NFL to have a true <laughs> pick 'em game, right? Um, they yeah. gave us one because unfortunately the Rams are playing the Tech. Uh, who the Rams, play? yeah, the Rams play the Texans. Bengals play the Jets. Like there are some people in this uh, league that should be relegated, um, and I appreciate that you pick it because what we're here for is entertainment, and um, that's why I made my pick as well. Um, I'm going bucks at minus five and a half against the saints. The bucks have not covered on the road yet. They lost twice straight up to the saints last year. That was not the James Winston saints. Um, but I think that they, they have some, they again have something to prove that offense is humming their talk. They should get Antonio Brown back. They might get Rob Gronkowski back. That defense is still suspect, but, uh, I, James Winston is also still suspect when throwing into the defensive backfield. So I think that they'll have enough. And it's, this is a weird week for me because I feel like everything I've done goes against my numbers. And maybe that's exactly
0: what I needed to do. Yep. I, you know, I let's see how it plays out. Cause I'm usually the opposite way. Right. But as we stand today, we are both 14 and 14 on the season. So, um, Maybe that means that we'll just split again, and yeah. we'll just continue to be 500, uh, which yeah. we
1: technically, which we technically can, right? So we we both uh, we lose uh, Thursday night. That's a given. Don't fucking <laughs> bet on Thursday night. Um, and then one of us wins Sunday, one of us wins Monday, and we both hit our bonus picks. So there you go. That's the formula. Boom. Whoever figures out the national prime time parlay parlay is first guest appearance on this on this podcast i think right whoever yeah pick our picks into a successful parlay
0: yeah no kidding i'll uh send you some free merch just give us some of those picks
1: but yeah no um um, strangely the like nfl road dogs this year 30 and 12 against the spread in spreads that are under seven points so if you're going to take the numbers and have um sorry this was this was for the other one never mind this was for uh, <laughs> this was for um just Titans. getting all the getting all the greatness confused no this was this was for aaron rodgers um ah. 30 and 12 7 point or less underdog um so never mind lock in that thursday pick it's back it's back
0: yeah uh to go back to the bucks and saints uh this was one that was definitely intriguing to me i think the saints are this good not great team that on a given week can surprise a good team like uh or a great team like the Buccaneers um I don't know if this is the week um I maybe it's just fresh in my mind you know uh, what the Bucks did last week against the Bears and really digging into that defense and what um Todd Saints. Bowles is doing yeah oh I thought you were and, gonna say
1: what the Saints didn't do last week
0: Oh, well, uh, that too, to some degree. But what Todd Bowles is doing with guys out like Levante, David, and the injuries that they've had in that defensive backfield is very, very impressive. And Jameis is the kind of guy, like you mentioned, he, he only has three interceptions on the year, but he's the kind of guy that will throw you the ball. And if the Bucks get out to a lead and they really put the pressure on the Saints and on Jameis, to make some plays i i think you could see them you know sack fumble pick six something along those lines that really pushes this out of reach um so i i would be joining you uh on and what that you don't and want half. is a desperate
1: james winston that's when you start getting bad James Winston. So um, yes. I think they can put enough pressure on him. but to the point of what they weren't able to do against the Seahawks last week, I mean, put up 13 points on what was a historically bad defense um, with a backup quarterback. They just did not impress yeah. me. And, and that's not a typical letdown game, right? That's not what right. the Cardinals were doing against the Texans in the first quarter and a half, right? This was a right. game that they knew that they needed to step up for. It was at Seattle which was a historically um, difficult place to play. Um, hasn't proven that way for the past couple of years, but that, that offensive performance is what made me think that um, Taysom Hill's integral to this team. No, um, <laughs> that uh, they just don't have the firepower that they did last year um, when they, you know, curb stomp the Buccaneers in a couple games.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still missing, you know, some personnel on offense, one of which is Michael Thomas, which, who knows when he's coming back? Uh, he, if he is eligible. That. Yeah, he is eligible to come off the pup list. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I think the the game against Seattle last week is definitely was unimpressive, all things considered. And I think we'll get the Bucks rolling again. All right. So that will do it for the primetime parlay. But as far as other games that intrigue you this week, what stands out?
1: How are the Bengals only minus now 10 and a half to the Jets when the Patriots were minus seven against a Zach Wilson led Jets team? Yeah. I think it stats play out now that the Bengals have a better defense than the Patriots do, and they are definitely a better offense than the Patriots have. And there's only a three point difference. And now this guy named Um John Smith, I think oh Mike White, right. I always get that confused. <laughs> um is the quarterback for the New York Jets. How is that the spread?
0: Uh this to me has a little bit of you know people still aren't buying the Bengals I think and and not so much that Vegas isn't buying the Bengals or you know smart people aren't buying the Bengals although to be fair the Vegas has the Bengals ranked 17th so they're definitely not buying them quite yet but It to me it says more about (laughs) just the the public, right? And and where their money is going here. People really are gonna want to see the Bengals prove it. Ten and a half is still a lot. Like, you know, let's not say, you know, I don't want to downplay that by any means, but um, this definitely could have been could have been higher. And I I think the Bengals like what we know of Joe Burrow and to some degree as well Jamar Chase they're going to they're going to want to they're going to find ways to make this personal and like i said ten and a half a lot of points but they're going to want to try to cover i bet they're going to want to stomp the jets and show people like like the cardinals did against Houston last week like look we're not fucking around here like we're we're not going to let a bad team think they have a chance i i know maybe that's not the best example because the texans led that game for a minute but it's at the end of the day like you're you're gonna put your foot down on a mike white led new york jets i think and so, and
1: and it's not that this Bengals offense is shabby they've three of their five wins have come by 14 or more points yeah so that's sure. where i don't understand the 10 and a half but i think i mean if we're if we're already in the north there's probably a Bigger story brewing on the other side of the uh conference. Would you agree? Lions uh, Eagles?
0: Lions, Eagles. I almost went with this one for my bonus pick. Um the Lions at plus three and a half at home. They're they're intriguing. I don't know, Jeff. Like that's they've kept that's the competitive.
1: That... They've got some fight in them. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like Dan Campbell said, they were going to get knocked down a lot and they've gotten knocked down, down what seven times already. And maybe this is the kneecap weekend.
0: It might be. I mean, the Eagles just have not been impressive, right? Like they've, they've ended up covering in a lot of games. They probably shouldn't have, uh, because of this, these late game heroics by Jalen hurts. But like, for the most part, they've been laying an egg for like the first three quarters of most games. And while I don't necessarily think Detroit can win, I can see Detroit being up and then the Eagles make a push late win on a late field goal or, you know, on a final drive sort of thing, but win by one or two points, you know, like yeah. the the three and a half here with the lions, uh, against an unimpressive Eagles team. I think is just where I'm sort of intrigued by this one. Um, that said it is the lions. So let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I I'm definitely intrigued.
1: Yeah, no. And, and I think that that that's like the last game of non just question marks about both teams. I don't, we obviously don't have to get into, um, the bills, um, against the Texans. So oh. Um, Dolphins,
0: Bills against the Dolphins.
1: Sorry, b- Bills against the Dolphins um, or the Rams against Texans. But I mean, Washington football team at Denver Broncos, three point spread, huge question marks. Jacksonville Jaguars, Seahawks, three and a half point spread, huge question yeah. marks. Um, and then the kicker, San Fran at Chicago. San Fran Chicago. point spread. Not that big of a question. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was going to go Steelers Browns first, three and a half, but don't know if it's case keenum or Baker Miafield. Um, What do those all of those games? What do you ultimately prove out of anything other than it's a rebuild year, or you continue to scratch, fight, and claw to keep Russell Wilson on your team and stay competitive? But um, I do think that the the Niners Bears warrants a little bit of conversation.
0: Uh, Sure, I mean, uh, you want to lead us off there, and I I will uh, chime in. Well, I mean, this is where
1: uh, Bears are plus four. And the 49ers have shown absolutely nothing this year. I mean, they they held the the Cardinals to 17 points, but again, that was a divisional game. Game plans. That, That's their I claim guess, to I'm, fame right now. Right. Yeah. That you you see two year two times a year year in year out. Um. It's been four years of Cliff Kingsbury. Like you can figure it out at that point. Um. So I, this is a I'm not gonna call it a make or break by for Justin Fields by any means, but this is a make or break to me for Matt Nagy. Right?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I after last week if the Bears don't win this game, which Matt Nagy might not be on the sideline for this game. Um so he's in COVID protocol. If he can't go, Chris Tabor, their special teams coordinator, will be the de facto head coach. Um, you know, Nagy's not calling plays anymore, so that obviously isn't as big of an issue. Uh, from that standpoint but yeah this one this one's weird to me the only thing that stands out is the bears don't have khalil mac now for this game and that that's a big one and jimmy g like i don't know it it, it is weird that jimmy g a jimmy g led team is going to be favored <laughs> from what we've seen from them right now but that i mean the bears are have shown nothing right like so that's um at least as of late that the Bears do somehow have a win against the Bengals and the Raiders on the resume this year yep. but um you know i welcome to the this NFL. one is yeah welcome to the nfl seriously um but yeah this is this is a weird one um and the line only moved with the Khalil Mack news i think a half point, half point. Yep. which which is also kind of odd um i don't know if i'd be touching this one whether or not i you know i'm I try to stay away from betting where I have, you know, emotional ties. Um, this one, I think even without that aside is just a weird one.
1: Yeah. And then uh, we didn't touch on um, Falcons, uh, Panthers, but I think that that is a make or break game for the Panthers for sure. Um, I don't think it is for the Falcons because I don't think they can be quite competitive enough in that division to make it worthwhile. But um, it's a big game for the Panthers um, to prove that they can win without CMC. Um, And that brings us back to not betting where our hearts are. And this Chargers-Patriots game intrigues me. How about you?
0: It does because I... You know, it's impossible to block out recency bias and the Patriots beating the absolute shit out of the Jets was surprising. I didn't, I didn't think they would lose and I didn't necessarily think that game would be competitive, but the final score there, I think you called it out in our last episode. The fact that they put up 54 points, I'm like, what the fuck? And we know the Chargers have the worst run defense in the NFL. Patriots are going to run the ball. Yep. Yep. Patriots running the ball well, you know, Max going to execute and we'll keep them somewhat competitive here. I guess it's just a matter of like, I'm looking at this thinking, okay, well, who are the chargers then? Um, We've seen them have some really high highs and we've seen them have some low lows. So if we get the good chargers, this is a no brainer, five and a half to me. Um, You know, the Patriots are a average, maybe slightly below average team, but who are the chargers? Right. No,
1: and um, if we're talking recency biased, I I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I would imagine that after the 54 points they put up against the Jets, the next most points that they put up within the last calendar year is the 45 to nothing shellacking they gave Justin Herbert last year in Foxborough. So this game is in Los Angeles. Um, It's always tough for teams to travel, um, but that. I think it's going to be much more interesting than we imagined because of those matchups, right? The, mm-hmm. the the um well, quite frankly the the Patriots defense leaves a lot to be desired in a lot of fronts, but their their cornerbacks, defensive backs have been struggling for sure and Justin Herbert can potentially light that up. Um and then like you said, the running defense, the rushing defense for the Chargers is the worst in the league right now and yep. That's what the Patriots are going to lean on. So, uh, it, I don't want to go over under anything on this game. It's going to be one of those game flows going to dictate everything, and I think it'll actually be one of the more exciting games to watch from a true football perspective. Not totally, from a, you know. This is a necessarily a fun game to watch, right? Like, I mean, the what what was it, thirteen to three Super Bowl that you got uh, everybody got bucked on when the Patriots <laughs> took on the Rams, but that was good football. It wasn't yeah. entertaining football. And it was, that may be where this game goes.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Herbert is even just in his second year, one of the more cerebral quarterbacks in the league and going up against Bill Belichick, you know, the greatest coach of all time, but hangs his hat on defense, right. And, and defensive game plans week to week to, take away things from his opponents. So I, I'm very, very interested in watching this game. Um not very interested in betting it. And it's just funny, you know, we've gone through all of these and, you know, you think the more data you have, right? Like the further we get into the season, you more, the more you know about these teams and the more confident you feel in your, your perceptions of them. But we're at a point now in the year where, there's already a lot of injuries. There's COVID is running rampant through a lot of teams. And there's just a lot of weird shit that scares me off from several of these lines. I mean, we've have we have games that are, you know, a straight up pick them, right? Tennessee and uh Indianapolis. But then for the second week in a row, I mean, we have three, uh, no, four double digit spread games so even more than last week which we talked about as being wild right so it's this is honestly like what makes the nfl so great is week to week year to year like you don't know what you're gonna get um it's why vegas fucking just rakes in money (laughs) (laughs) for the nfl um but yeah i mean that game is i think a great example of uh why we love doing this and um you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game uh if you had to stake your flag here where are you going on that one uh i was gonna do the patriots
1: only because i hadn't seen them on uh our banner yet uh we unfortunately both picked the bucks in the uh sunday night game against the Patriots where the Patriots, uh, covered the spread. I, I just trust in bill Belichick on this one. And it, this, that's not a shot of Brandon Staley at all. I, I very much appreciate what he's doing. I just don't think they can stop the run at fucking all. And the Ravens proved that two weeks ago, there's nothing that they were, there's nothing that they're going to be able to do over the bye week to get more talented in that regard. And I, I think that they can do enough to disguise coverages against a still young Justin Herbert, like you said, very cerebral, probably one of the better prospects to come into the league based on the performances that he's had right this far. Like he's oh my God. well above yeah. the learning curve that they, they expected for him. I think that there's still enough that they can do to disguise coverages and mess with his brain a little bit. And maybe they trade for a premier receiver because, I mean, they've got Keenan Allen, they've got, they've got Williams, like they're doing okay, but a Brandon cooks on their team after this week. What do you think?
0: Uh, that would be a very, very nice addition. I think that, um, transitions us nicely into, you know, the the trade deadline here, really, which is the the big storyline outside of the games. Um, obviously Deshaun Watson is the big domino. Here And maybe we can uh, get to him in a second, but it, you mentioned uh, Brandon cooks from a receiver standpoint. You also have Nikhil Harry. You have Brandon. Ayuk, who've been discussed, um, Michael Thomas, as you know, the saints should be kicking the tires there. And I, I think it's, it's really intriguing as you go down these different positions. Um, but yeah, what do you think they would pull off uh, a trade? A Chargers are definitely going to be buyers, if if anything, yeah. right?
1: I don't think that they ultimately do, and I don't think that the Texans were in the market to get rid of Cooks. He actually came out, I think it was a year or two ago, and said, "I'm just done being traded." The dude's been traded for; he's basically had three first-round draft picks thrown around for him in his career, yeah. and he's just like, "I don't, I don't want to be traded. I don't want to move around anymore." And then they sell off Mark Ingram today. And back to um, back to the Saints. And he says, pardon my language. We've never cussed on this show before, but this is bullshit. Like (laughs) he wants out of there. And I don't see why he doesn't pull the same card that Deshaun Watson does and just say, I'm done playing for this organization. I'm sorry. Like, yes, you don't want to win. I'm not putting myself out there week after week with damn Davis Mills throwing me balls, even though Tyrod Taylor's healthy to risk. My next contract, right? Like, you only have the window to make money for so long in this league. There's no reason to risk injury, especially if you know you can force a hand. And I think that that's something that he might do because I would be pissed if you are basically throwing in the towel and Mm -hmm. you brought you traded for me, right? Like, this wasn't a free agent acquisition, this wasn't a draft pick, this was a you picked me so that we could be competitive and we're not. And now you're giving up while I'm still out there working my ass off with the play card of Deshaun Watson saying the exact same thing, right? Like, I don't want to play for this organization anymore. So Hmm. I think that he ultimately has a decent chance to get moved after this. The problem is that they're not going to get the return value that they want. Maybe a second round pick, but they
0: already know that he's disgruntled. So I don't think they're getting a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I mean... The, the Texans to be fair were waving the white flag before the year even started but i think for him even less so than injury you're looking at a guy that is the only real receiving threat on this team and isn't really putting up numbers because of how bad everything else is that i think hurts your future value more than anything um so i could definitely see him forcing his way out and being on the move um Some of these other guys here, you know, just looking at intriguing names. Marlon Mack has, uh, you know, fallen to third on that depth chart. I know he was hurt. He's coming back from an injury. But I see him as a really realistic piece that gets moved to a team that needs a running back. Maybe uh, the Baltimore Ravens come calling. Um, Already mentioned Michael Thomas. The DB market is pretty intriguing as well. You obviously have Xavier Howard who was trying to get out of there uh, before his teammate uh, Noah Igbenogany, who was a first round pick last year has really fallen out of favor because of, well, really because of Howard and the fact that they they're pretty solid on the outside and hasn't really shown that he can beat out the other guys on the inside. He's an option. Kyle Fuller has fallen out of favor in Denver and then the safety market. You got Marcus May, Jaquisky Tart, Jabril Peppers, all three of those guys, I think, could be moved, but it's the NFL. And so we get ourselves excited for, for nothing enough. to happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Allen Robinson is also apparently being shopped by the Bears. He is on the franchise tag. They haven't been able to come to a long term agreement. I don't think they would tag him a second time. Um, but What's, they, I think they can't tag him a second time. I mean,
1: the, this is something where if you don't think you're competitive this year, you try to move on right now. The problem is that there's not teams that can take on the salary. Um, I mean, if you're looking at teams that have more than six million in cap, you're talking about all the teams that are sellers, right? <laughs> Bengals, the Chargers, Panthers, Seahawks, Broncos. Those are the only yeah. ones that are even competitive. Everybody else has six million or less in cap space, so it's got to be like a Marcus May, somebody that's not being paid that needs that, you know, second contract. Um, right. The man of which we cannot say his name from uh, cornerback out of the from out of Miami. Like that's it. those are the ones that. I think I nailed move. it. <laughs> um, those are the ones that could be moved, but only because there's ability to absorb that without some crazy cap manipulation i just i can't see Allen robinson being moved to any of these teams because it's it's too much work and then you still don't have the certainty that he's going to sign long term with you and you can't sign right. him long term even after you trade him until he is a fin- essentially a free agent right the you can't yep. negotiate with him until after the new league year
0: uh yes so they would it's definitely a risk that a team would would be taking there um, all right. I think we should close out here though on Deshaun Watson. And I don't know if you want to make a prediction or not here, but, um, I, I will throw in that Ian Rappaport was saying today that the Panthers aren't pursuing him right now. Uh, which to me sounds like a negotiation tactic, but, um, you know, you never know necessarily. They might just, be in a wait and see mode. There's, there's going to be other options this off season. If you are acquiring, um, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you know, it's, you sort Sam, of open up the market. Sam mark- Darnold's under contract stuff.
1: <laughs> Eddie Bridgewater.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so we'll see, I, I guess what the Panthers ultimately decide here, but where do you, what do you think ends up happening with Watson?
1: I don't think there's enough. I don't think the Dolphins will offer enough to get the do- trade done now. There's the only incentive for the Texans to get a deal done right now is that there's still uncertainty in his situation, which may play into their favor, may not. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson have both been pretty disgruntled previously in um, their experiences with their respective teams. I don't know that either of those two move. Russ seems more likely to me than Aaron at this point, mm-hmm. but there's still enough teams that have a market for Deshaun Watson at that point that even if you lose, you know, Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos and Russ Wilson to, I mean, the Saints, who knows? Um, there's still enough teams out there with quarterback needs that Watson saw's market. And to me that means then let's not have a bidding war with one team right now because those draft right. picks don't mean anything until April next year, anyways. Let's mm-hmm. figure him the hell out. What am I actually getting from the Philadelphia Eagles? And again, the the hard part when all of this is that Deshaun Watson has a no trade contract or no trade clause. So mm-hmm. even if the Eagles offer the best deal, that may that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going there. He likes Miami, and if you know, there's no difference right now between trading to Miami at the midseason mark and at the end of at the start of the new league year.
0: What what are your thoughts on Washington? Do you think they are player? He would go there. I think that's the issue. Okay, my my thoughts from there.
1: Dan, not while Dan Snyder's running that organization. If the Jeff Bezos came in, somebody else took over that organization, said, "Hey, here's a fresh start. You're no longer, uh, you know, you're out of the Texans, whatever shithole that was. You're the new." Um, quarterback for the inaugural Washington football red they flyers. Better, what, what are their, you know, whatever their pro, you know,
0: be the, they got to go sentinels.
1: Yeah. Sentinels. Okay. So you are, yeah, basically, uh, you are the franchise quarterback for the newest franchise in the NFL under Jeff Bezos, something like that's the way that they can get him. Um, but I, I don't think he wants to play for Washington right now.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm, do you know what time the, the deadline is? It's usually is it like 4
1: Eastern 4 Eastern, show, four Eastern four Eastern on, on Tuesday. So we will have another pod, um, to touch on. Um, I just think if the, if a deal is going to get made, I guess deadlines always spur action. Well, except for in the NFL, um, deadlines can spur action, but there's no different. They're not going to see anything out of Tua this week for the Dolphins. Against the Bills that they don't already know and mm-hmm. would be willing to move on from, right?
0: Yeah. Well, what if Tua just lights the Bills up?
1: Then they've got mm-hmm. a bigger problem, and now they're committed to Tua for another yeah. year.
0: Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I agree. <laughs> Let's for their sake. For if you're a Dolphins fan, I hope for your sake that Tua doesn't do that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that about covers it here anything else that you want to touch on as far as the games or the trade deadline before we get going?
1: No, I think, I, I think that this is going to be a fun game or a fun week for Vegas. Um, I'm glad that we were, you know, on opposite sides on a lot of this and that parody is what makes this game. So, so awesome, right? Like mm-hmm. you
0: can have all the facts behind you and still be absolutely wrong. And yep. a ball bounce. It's a fucking weird shaped ball. It bounces some weird way. And all of a yep. sudden, there you go. Yep.
1: So there's, n- there's no bad takes in this is what we're getting at.
0: Yes. We're always right. Except when we're wrong half the time, which is, uh, well, exactly. I guess for both What's of us. Yeah. But we're not, exactly. a, we're
1: not a numbers podcast. We just said that.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening everybody as always. Um, you know, subscribe where you get your podcasts, Tell your friends, tell your family, buy our merch. Just search National Pastime on Amazon.com. And we will see you on Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday. No, we record Monday, right? Oh, yes. I share it with everybody on Monday. Oh, like right away? Oh, shit. All right. Well, look at you.
1: I have my. You can't see it. I'm recording our recording right here. Put it out on my own private stream check out my only fan NPT
0: football (laughs) (laughs) alright thanks everybody full balls